Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Now, just getting back to the Ukrainian situation again, there was a reference there made by Sean Boyce about difficulties in getting through to the Irish Red Cross. And the Red Cross have been very much to the forefront of what's going on uh, within this uh, humanitarian crisis. And I'm joined now by Charlie Lamson, head of fundraising with the Irish Red Cross. They've set out a schedule of payments from the huge generosity of Irish donations towards their Ukrainian crisis appeal. Good morning to Charlie. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Right. The Irish Red Cross have set out a schedule of payments from huge generosity of Irish donations towards the Ukraine crisis appeal. What are we dealing with at the moment here? Just how big is this appeal and how is it going? The support for the appeal has been absolutely overwhelming. Uh, the Irish public, uh, since the beginning of March, have donated 30 million euros to the Ukraine crisis appeal, which is uh, absolutely incredible. Um, the support is being provided in really three different areas. Uh, first and foremost, it is going to uh, the Ukraine Red Cross to, to, you know, to support their ongoing activities. We would have heard a lot of um, a, a lot of discussion in the news around the humanitarian corridor, for example, in Maripol, where they've been trying to get people out of that unimaginably difficult situation. So the Red Cross has been very focused there. They've also added about six thousand volunteers since the beginning of the crisis, and you can only imagine the hardship that they're working under. Uh, the second area where we're providing support is to the neighboring countries, which is Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, uh, Moldova. In Romania. Uh, about 4.2 million people so far have fled from Ukraine into those areas. It's a chaotic and difficult situation. And the support that we're providing is for basic necessities. It's water, uh, food, medicine, and shelter uh, are the, the primary supports that we're, we're providing. But there's a lot of work going on to the logistics of, of getting that support to all those people in need. Right. The third area that we're working is in Ireland itself. Um, and you might have heard, you know, we're, we're at, as of this weekend, we're going to be at about 20,000 Ukrainian refugees having arrived in Ireland. And we've been focused on providing shelter uh, for people through our register of pledges, where people have, we've actually had 24,000 people to date uh, pledge either a room within their home or a vacant property that they have to house Ukrainians. We're also working at, uh, at, at points of entry, so at, at various ports and whatnot, to welcome people. If you can imagine a lot of people coming into the country have just stepped out of harm's way. Yes, of course. The first step they've had, you know. Charlie, can I I stop you for a second and just come to the Irish aspect of it? Because Sean earlier this morning was talking about um, everyone acknowledges the role of the Red Cross, but there there are concerns that the sheer pressure on the Red Cross at the moment, and you are a voluntary organization, aren't you? Yeah. It's huge. And getting information to people who are willing to offer homes, getting information into the Red Cross, is it, are you, are you snowed under at the moment? And is there a time delay with this? Are you working towards solving that if there is be one or if there is one? Yeah, great question. And certainly, I mean, undoubtedly, there have been delays in this. We've gone in a typical year, uh, we would have housed, you know, provided sort of through the register of pledges, a couple hundred uh, pledges, whereas I said earlier, we're at 23, 24,000. So there has been an adjustment for that, undoubtedly. Um, and, and I appreciate, you know, that some people have reached out and they might not have heard back from us. We're looking to clear that backlog by the end of next week. Uh, we are focused on getting it right rather than doing it quickly. Uh, we do have support and have built a network of support with other organizations, uh, with the government. Um, the Defense Forces, for example, are providing a lot of support and calling out to people. Um, so we have managed at this point to reach about 
coming up on 6,000 people who have pledged vacant properties and another 7,000 people who have pledged a shared accommodation. But it's it's a complex process, as you can imagine. It's yes. not simply a matter of just putting somebody in the house. So you know? you're working towards solving the problem of the backlog. And it's a point that Sean raised, and I'm glad that you've managed to answer the question for me. Mm. Do you need, you've talked about 36 million euro, do you now need an additional 26 million euro on top of the 36? Is that what you're looking for? No, well, first of all, it's 30 million euro, not 36. Right, okay. Um, I mean, the support that we're providing is both, so, so to explain a little bit of, of, in another way of where that's going, about 10 of that is going to that emergency support. So that's going, you know, directly over to Ukraine's surrounding region. The next step for us is going to be in rebuilding Ukraine, and the Red Cross will be working, you know, in, in a huge way to, you know, to rebuild infrastructure that's been destroyed. We don't know when the conflict's going to end. So it's a little bit of how long is a piece of string. We don't know when the conflict's going to end, and we don't know when that stage will begin, but that's an area that we will definitely be focused. The third area that we're focusing on is livelihoods, is, is putting back in place the community structures, the training, the, the, you know, the skills that are there, the space for people to get back and to start to rebuild that economy and, and have, a, you know, have that capacity to make a living and, and, and to provide. So those are the, the, internationally, those are the key areas. And then, of course, there's the work in Ireland. We don't know how long this is going to go on, so it's hard to put a price tag on this and say, well, we're going to okay. need another 26 million, you know, for example. Can you come, come back to some of the stats in Ireland for me, just to clarify a few of them, please? Yep. How, how many people in Ireland have offered accommodation to the refugees? Just give us that stat again, please. Between 23 and 24,000. I don't okay. know the exact number, but um, it's more than 23. And when will they know if they've been successful? I know I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit, but I just need yeah. more clarification on it, please. The process, yeah, no, it's a good question, and it's an important one. The, where we are right now is we are reaching out through that initial call. A lot of people will have heard from us who are listening. And the initial call is just to make an assessment of the property to ask basic questions. This is not, you know, th this isn't having a, a, a relative over or something like that. These are people that have been, you know, traumatized. They've been through, literally through the war. They're arriving, their language, their cultural issues. We need to make sure that there's a fit there. We also need to make sure that the accommodation is fit for purpose. Does it have heating in place? Is it furnished? You know, it, what are the conditions there? So we have to do an initial assessment. The second step of that is to send somebody out to look at the property and have, you know, just to look around to make sure that, that it is a fit. And then we have to fit the circumstance of, of the family, of, of the people that are arriving to that particular accommodation. So there are some steps. Um, so we have placed, you know, in the neighborhood of a thousand people are coming up on that final placement. We've worked through that, but we're working to get obviously to the rest of them. Um, okay. I mean, I think we're quite ultimately given the, the complexity of this and given the time frame, we're pleased with how it's going. But I do understand that people are, you know, wondering sort of what is the next step and how long is it going to take? So again, we're just asking for patience, but we are getting that. What can people tune into this program do if they want to help further? The two areas where we've been steering them is registered pledges. And, and despite, you know, the delays that we're talking about, we still are going to need more support. There are more people that are going to be coming to Ireland. And, and the worst case scenario for for ukrainian would be that they're in you know an indefinitely living in a, a tent type accommodation which is definitely on the cards given the potential scale of, of upwards of eighty thousand people coming to ireland so we're looking to avoid that so we are if people do have an accommodation and they're looking to, to provide that we're interested in hearing from you the other one of course is is unsurprisingly is is that financial support 
and it's an unimaginable amount of money that people have provided so far, but the need is is huge. This is a massive international crisis, so we are still looking for that kind of support. Okay, Charlie, so how? two questions then. How can people contact you to offer support, and how can people donate and where? So if you can answer both of them for me, please. Thanks. Yeah, so... To offer support, you can go if it's if it's the the if it's housing that you're interested in. I'm going to point people toward registeroflepledges.redcross.ie, um, and you can you can do that. You can call now. There have been you know our, our phone lines admittedly have been inundated, but the volume, the massive volume that we were seeing in March, has slowed down enough. So you can call uh, call the Red Cross as well. Um, and we can put you through. You can also go, if you want to make a donation, go to redcross.ie, um, and we can uh, take a donation there. Um, if there are businesses that are listening, uh, they can also sign up. We've got a, a program where we're, we're trying to encourage Irish business to match the public contribution, um, and we're pretty much getting there, but there's been a huge outpouring of business support as well. We've had over 500 businesses support us so far. Right. Great to talk to you. Please keep us updated. And I, I know you would like to acknowledge the support you've been getting from County Wexford. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm remiss to have not said that before. We are absolutely grateful. It, it's, it's, been, it's been unbelievable. It's been tremendous. So thank Southeast you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.